and welcome back to the Acacia Podcast. I am your host, Chris Fields, and today I have a very special guest, the guest that I'm the most excited about. It is my husband, Rick Fields. Say hey, babe. Hey, guys. So I had to beg my husband to be a part of this podcast, but he graciously agreed, and I'm so excited because in my preparation, um, I always bounce ideas off of him and when I considered what I wanted to talk about, I was really struggling with understanding how to make it clear. And I feel like it's a really important topic and I really wanted to present it in a way that was the most clear. And I don't know that this podcast episode will do that, but you know, with two different people, two different perspectives, Rick and I are total opposites. And so I think it will help to provide a more well-rounded conversation. So what I want to talk about today is going to probably make you want to, I shouldn't say probably, it is possible, I have considered that it could make you want to just turn off this episode and think that it's not going to be very helpful, but please indulge me for a second. So what I want to talk about is the idea of God's love, and I will admit It is also kind of a cringy topic for me because I feel like so many people talk about God's love and it's kind of just this vague kind of pie in the sky thing, like God's love. But I think we oftentimes struggle to understand what it means and how to apply it to our lives. Like how does it impact me? How does that inspire me? And so that's what I want to talk about. So give me a few minutes of your time And let's just see. Um, You may be encouraged by it. I hope so. So if I had to give you kind of what I want you to take away, this would be it. You have an opportunity to experience genuine, never-ending love, not because of what you do, how you perform, um, how great of a job you do, but simply because of who you are. That's what I want you to take away but I want it to be something that encourages you to, or inspires you to action. So I'll start just by sharing. We have three kids who are currently out of the house, away having a good time, so we have the house to ourselves, yay for us. We have three kids, and since they could talk, we have been practicing this little conversation with them, and it goes like this. I asked one of them, hey, why do I love you? And they'll respond, because you love me. And so the reason, it's a simple conversation, but the reason I think it's important is because I really want them to understand that they are loved, not because of performance. And y'all know kids, they get into all kind of stuff, and they're constantly doing things that you don't want them to do. I want them to be encouraged to know that we love them deeply, that that is not changing based off of how well they do. And I think that's important because if you all are familiar with the Bible and you think of Genesis um, in the garden, Adam and Eve, right? They sinned against God. They ate the fruit. They ate from the tree that God told them not to eat from. And the first thing they did after they ate it and God confronted them is they hid. They hid themselves in shame. And I think that shame can be so insidious and just really... Um, divide us and keep us away from experiencing God's love and being reconciled to him. And I really want for 
my kids to see in us a demonstration of how God loves them, that they don't ever have to be filled with shame. They can come to him over and over, ask for his forgiveness, and be reconciled to him. It may in that relationship be restored. So that's kind of where we're going with this. And I'll just start with, you know, in, in planning out this episode, I was asking my husband, like, when you think of God's love, do you view the forgiveness of sin to be the thing that is most impactful and inspiring? Or is it creation? Is it the fact that God loves us because he created us? Because with my kids, you know, I tell them that, like, you know that I love you because I created you. You came from me. And so it's not dependent on your personality or your performance. It's simply because I created you. So if you kind of, you know, put that, if we think about that in terms of how God loves us, what do you feel like is most compelling between creation and forgiveness? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think that, um, you know, when I think about the idea that God created us, I definitely, I think initially think like, yeah, I get as a parent, um, man, I, I just love my kids because I created them. It's almost like a given. Uh, it's just an obvious um, conclusion. Uh, I love you because I made you like you're mine. You belong to me. You're a part of me. Um, There's just that natural love. Um, but I think at the same time, like, you know, there's a possibility of looking at it um, where it's like maybe you think of a, a piece of art that you created. You know, I've seen people who, you know, paint something, draw something, and they look at it and it's like, ah, oh, this didn't really come out the way that I wanted it to. So I created it, but I don't necessarily love it. Uh, I don't necessarily like it because it didn't really come out the way that I wanted it to. So it's not necessarily a given that just because you create something um, that you love it. So I think that along with the fact that, yeah, God created us um, and he loves us because he created us, I think that we kind of we get the the fullness of understanding around his love through the gospel and through that picture of forgiveness on the cross where it's like not only did he create us, but he demonstrated um, his love for us in this um, in this experience where. He saw the greatest need that we have um, for forgiveness so that we can have this opportunity to be reconciled to him, to have a relationship with him, to basically be with him forever uh, in, in, in eternity. Um, and he decided that he wanted to make a way for that to be possible. And he did that at the greatest possible cost and expense to himself. Like it, it was mm-hmm. great suffering that he went through that we could never understand even and so I think that in that picture, to me, that's where the compelling case for God's love comes from, is, is from that picture of what he did on the cross. Um, he saw what we most needed and what was best for us, and he inserted himself into that situation to, like, accomplish that for us. Um, hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's helpful. So, I mean, am I tripping? Do you feel like in your experience when you think about messages that you've heard, um, things that you've read, do you feel like it's a clear picture? Like, I have this view that 
there's not this clear, super clear picture of what God's love means and how it's supposed to draw us in. Do you feel that same thing or? Yeah, I think it's, um, I think there's a lot of assumptions, you know, because love is such a, it's such a word and it's such a thought that I think we, you know, we, we talk about a lot and everybody kind of has this general understanding of what love is that I think a lot of times we feel like we don't need to explain it. Like when we say mm-hmm. God loves us, it's like you get it. Um, of course, you know, you understand what love is. Like love is patient or love is kind and, and things like that. So I think in one sense, um, I think people get, you know, the idea that God is good. Right. When we say like God loves us, like he's good, like he's he's good to us. He's patient. He's kind. He's uh, he's he's generous and things like that. But I just think that um, I think it, it has for for us to really like trust and follow God in a in a in a kind of giving up of my own, um, you know, will kind of way. I think it has to be a deeper understanding of that, of like it's not just that he's good. It's that he has good intentions towards mm-hmm. us. And not only that, but like he knows what's best for us. I think I think that's really the thing that God's love is. Um, I think that idea that he knows what's best for us, I think is really important, too. So I think I would wrap mm-hmm. that into, you know, understanding God's love is that he knows what's best for us and he wants what's best for us. So I think when I think about God being our creator, um, that's the that's the thing that helps me to understand first of all that he does know what's best for me because he made me um he designed me designed the way i think the way that i am he knows what's in my heart he knows my desires he knows my longings he knows my pains my like he knows everything um and he knows what's best for me again because he was the one who designed me to begin with so um i think when i take that idea that he knows what's best for me because he's my creator and then the fact also that he wants what's best for me and he showed me that truth to be evident through his sufferings. I think those two things together kind of make a, a, a powerful argument for his love mm-hmm. um, that actually can, you know, compel me to say, OK, well, I can I can follow that kind of God, someone who knows what's best for me more than I know for myself. Um, you know, the way that a father would for a child or a parent does for a child like they know what's best for me uh, and they are willing to, um, you know, work towards making sure that I have what's best for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. So <clears throat> I shared a little bit about my story of coming to know God in a more intimate way when I was 24 years old. And to your point, I do think that that's interesting because right before my 24th birthday, I had this experience where I felt like God, one, challenged me with the idea that I didn't trust him with everything. So it's like, you trust me in some ways, you don't trust me in some ways. I want you to trust me because I love you. And then that was followed by, that challenge was followed by a picture of his love for me. So God, a lot of times speaks to me in the unique way he wired me Um, through images. So I was just seeing this image of of Jesus on the cross, like broken, beatered, bruised. And he's like, I did this for you. Like I did this for my love for for you. And then that so compelled me that just before my 24th birthday, all my friends can vouch for this. I was planning a birthday dinner 
and I had this little birthday brunch. It was a birthday brunch, and I wrote a letter to all of my friends that came. I made this little album for everybody. That's when CDs were a thing. I'm aging myself here. But in that letter, I just wanted to help people to understand that God is real because I had lived so much of my life. I think I was a Christian, I'm not sure, but I had lived my life feeling like I had experienced, like I was trying to do the right thing, being a moral person, but I wasn't really experiencing this like transformative, vibrant, flourishing relationship with God. It was like more just trying to follow his rules. And that's not super compelling. So I like what you said, Rick, because I definitely feel like in my personal experience, I see that. I see how God compelled me uh, with his love. And like in that experience, I feel like I was hungry to read the word. I feel like I wanted to learn more about his love. It helped me to walk in freedom to like trust. Okay, God has good things for me. Whereas before that, I didn't really have a picture of the good things he had for me beyond like heaven. Like I knew he wanted me to go to heaven and be with him and not be in hell for eternity, but I didn't have a good picture of how I could experience him deeply in this life. Um, So I'm really grateful for that. Um, But when I think about just why so many of us so often just don't experience that just the the vibrancy in our relationship with God um, I think a lot of it just comes down to us not experiencing God's love in a real way um, that leads us to want to trust him so you know just like I say faith and trust go together trust and obey go together I think the new link I'm I'm understanding is that love is, it also, like, it goes with that. And you can't really understand God's love apart from really having a real deep understanding of the gospel. Um, And in thinking about this episode, I was thinking about talking about 1 Corinthians 13, which we coin as the love chapter, right? That talks about all the different ways God loves. But to your point, I don't necessarily think that that's where people struggle. Like, I think people understand that love is patient, love is kind. I think if we understood the gospel, what we deserve as people who have rebelled against God, um, even once we are saved and once we are committed to him, So often we do things our way, we go our own way, um, we choose whatever we think is best and we trust ourselves over God's plan for us. Um, in, In spite of that, God went to the cross and died in our place, the death that we should have had, um, not just for us to go to heaven, but so that we could experience, um, his transformation here, that we could be constantly compelled in our everyday lives. So when you think of your life, how would you, how do you feel like you have experienced God's, what's the word, wooing? One of our old pastors used to say, God's love woos and pursues us. I know. But he used to say that, and I think that's the word that's coming to my mind. Like, how has God wooed you um, by his love over time? 
Yeah, uh, I don't know if I would ever use the word <laughs> woo uh, to describe the way that, uh, you know, my relationship with God has gone, but uh, encouraged, inspired. Yeah, I feel I feel that. Um, I mean, I think that when I look at my life, um, I think about God has made, um, he has done things and made it evident that it was him that was involved and I saw that as his love so there have been instances in my life where I have man rebelled or gotten into some stuff that I know I shouldn't have been into and uh, knew I was out there and did it anyway and um, man fully should have expected certain consequences and instead of getting what I felt like I deserved, I got mercy. Mm-hmm. I didn't get the consequences that I felt like I deserved. Um, and so that's a deposit, right? That's like something God did that I can look on and say, okay, man, God could have let this situation turn out for the worse, mm-hmm. but it didn't. Uh, not to say that that's always going to be the case, right? Like that's not that's not the only option that... God has to, you know, not give you what you deserve. Sometimes you get what you deserve, whatever. But there are many instances where I feel like, man, I know that there, my consequences of my life should have turned out a different way, and they did not. And I look at that as, man, God, that's God's mercy, and um, that made me feel love, right? Because I know He's in control of everything, and I know that He couldn't let things go a different way, and He didn't. And I feel like that's God's mercy. So there's there's things like that. Um, there's situations where. Man, God has provided um, in times where I had need, whether it was um, going on, you know, a missions trip or some kind of summer program or man, just needing just needing employment, uh, needing a job, you know, and feeling like um, maybe unable to, you know, figure out like, man, where is this job going to come from? How am I going to get this job? And I'm going to make sure like my bank account's getting real low. Um I don't know how I'm going to make the ends meet or I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to provide for myself and just feeling in this being in a situation where you just feel utterly weak and helpless because you're doing everything that you know how to do. You're you're filling out the applications. You're looking for the jobs. You're doing the interviews. You're researching. You're you're on Monster and Indeed and all these different places. And it's just not working out um, and you don't see how it's going to work out. And then God opens up a door and there's an opportunity. And next thing you know, things are clicking, dots are connecting and there you are in a place in, of employment where um, he's provided for you through that. And you realize like, man, this could have gone on for much, much longer. It might not, maybe it didn't turn out as well or whatever, but I look at that and say, man, God really provided for me. And so that's, there's another deposit that comes into my life when I can look at that experience and see what God has done. So um, whether it's God showing mercy or God providing for me or um, God just giving me wisdom, um, all of those things to me begin to add up when you look at them as again evidence and reasons as to why I should trust God more because he's showing me his love in so many different ways mm-hmm. um, so I think that's that's a huge part of like how has God encouraged and inspired me to like trust him I think it's through his mercy through his provision through his wisdom Uh, the blessings of my life um, through the people, the family, my wife, my kids, like, man, y'all are some of the most um, inspiring uh, demonstrations of God's love in my life because 
family uh, is, is one of the greatest blessings. And to be blessed with an amazing wife, to be blessed with amazing kids, like to be surrounded by people um, who are also loving towards mm -hmm. me, family, cousins, parents, sisters, you know, all of those things to me point to God. You know, when I think about that scripture, um, every good and perfect gift comes from, you know, God above. Like, mm -hmm. I think if we see those things as coming from God, then it means something to us. Mm -hmm. um, and, and those things uh, encourage us. Mm -hmm. They woo us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really good. Um, in addition to that, I'll say what I feel like God has used to most encourage me over the last three years or so um, definitely pandemic since the point of the pandemic is his commitment um, <clears throat> that has been so inspiring to me so much so I got this necklace custom made that has the word hesed on it and hesed is a Hebrew term that basically we don't really have an English word that translates well to it or perfectly to it but the best we have is loving kindness or long-suffering and that the idea that God is committed to us in a long-suffering type of way, um, that his love for me, because I am his, will never end, that has offered me so much freedom to enjoy my relationship with him. Um, I definitely think it's, it's it marks a, a place in my life that transitions from just trying to even, you know, not even necessarily striving in my own strength, um, striving alone with the Holy Spirit, but like wanting so much to please God um, or feeling like I'm not doing a good job to enjoying the freedom of his love and letting that lead me to obedience to him on a different level. But again, my focus is like not obeying you so that I'm like being a good person, but obeying God because like you said, Rick, he knows what's best for us. He genuinely knows what's best for me, and he wants to lead me to that. And, you know, like you mentioned, his the greatest display of that is, you know, Jesus hanging on the cross, um, taking that punishment that I should have been taking. But that has been um, super encouraging to me in my relationship with God. And I wish that more people, I, I should say my hope, is that if you're listening to this, you just be encouraged to enjoy love that is fully accepting of who you are. I think oftentimes we have, you know, family of origin issues or we have relational issues where love has been contingent on how we perform, how we act. If we're funny enough, if we're pretty enough, if we um, have enough money or you know, bring enough to the table if we do things perfectly. And when you drop the ball in some way, the love is withheld. Now, God's love, sometimes we don't experience, we can't enjoy the experience of God's love because of our own sin. But ultimately, his love is not dependent on how we perform. So that offers me so much hope and so much freedom. And it's been a real game changer in my pursuit of enjoying him. Like, I want to spend more time with him in prayer, in the word. I want to introduce more people to his love. Um, and I'm just, I feel more alive to be who God authentically created me to be 
because I understand his acceptance and his commitment to me. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 So, all right. Um, I think that that's good for this episode. Um, I hope this makes sense. We're just having kind of an organic conversation here. So I hope that there was something in here that was encouraging to you or will cause you to think about God's love in a new way. And if I had to give a reflection question to think about, um, I'll say, how has God's sacrifice for you impacted you? And also, do you believe that God who created you knows what's best for you? Like, do you genuinely believe that he knows what's best? Um, And if you do, how are you walking that out? How are you trusting or living a life that says, I believe God's way is best, so I'm going to pursue his way? Um, Or you may be in a situation where you realize, I believe my way is best, so I'm pursuing my way. If that's the case, I just encourage you to think about that in a new way. All right, that's it for this episode. Thanks, babe, for being a part of this. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. And I'll see you all in the next episode. There's a lot of things that God does in our life to show love to us um, despite our great obedience or our great faithfulness. Like, God just... He shows mercy and he gives grace and he does a lot of things to just love us despite us. Um, But I think something else that is just as, if not more compelling um, to to trust him is the things that he does when we do obey him. So as we trust God and say, okay, God, I'm going to try to do this your way, uh, you know, and I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to walk by faith, like the blessing that we see in our life the special things that he does, the special ways that he moves in our lives when we obey is equally as compelling because it's like, wow, like God, you actually are doing and blessing, you know, my obedience and like your way actually is working out. Like, man, my relationships are getting better because I'm trying to do them your way or my, um, my, my, my relationships with my kids are getting better or with my family or, uh, man, my peace is, I'm having more peace in life because I'm praying instead of being anxious or um, I'm, I'm, I'm learning to deal with my frustrations through, you know, prayer instead of just, you know, my anger or um, the things that he does to just to, to bless in a special way when we obey him. I just feel like that's another huge uh, compelling argument that God really rewards his way. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else Rick feels? That's all I got. Awesome. Bye.